You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. Hi, I'm Kent Hunter from Church Doctor Ministries, taking a tough look at Bible illiteracy. Did you ever consider the spiritual depth of the leaders of your country? What about the people who attend your church? What about you? Without being judgmental about it, based on the behavior of most people who would even claim to be Christian, how would you rate the influence of Scripture on life in our world today? Now, if that sounds too personal or unfair, think about the next time you fly on an airplane. Is it appropriate for you to expect that the pilots are knowledgeable about the manual for that airplane? Would it be acceptable if they knew just a little about how the aircraft works? Uh, What if uh, they were somewhat familiar with uh, the aircraft? Or would you expect those pilots to be very familiar with that manual. (laughs) I know, it sounds like a foolish conversation, doesn't it? Think about God's only manual, the Bible. How well do you know the book we call God's Word? Can you find the book of Hezekiah in under one minute? (laughs) Sorry, here's a hint. Though the character of Hezekiah does appear in Scripture, there is no book by that title in the Bible. But I'm kind of amazed at how many people who are Christians, who are in church, who are active in church, would start looking at the table of contents for the book of Hezekiah. You know, this conversation is not intended to be mean or critical. But as church doctors, we help Christians and congregations increase impact on their communities. We encourage Bible reading as lifelong daily study for every Christ follower. Why? Because we want to help Christians increase the effectiveness of their churches for greater impact on our world. That's the end game. And we never stop learning as long as we live. Wouldn't you expect that of your medical doctor? How would you feel if your physician said, yeah, I haven't read anything new about medicine for 20 years? Chances are you're not going to experience that at your doctor's office. However, you might find that to be the case among some Christians at your church. Maybe the one you see in the mirror. Here's a common scenario. Well, I went to Sunday school as a child. I had to do some study about the beliefs of my church when I joined. And from time to time over the years, I have occasionally participated in a Bible class. But most of what I learn about God is from the pastor's preaching. At Church Doctor Ministries, we've worked with 1,800 congregations from 78 different denominational, non-denominational, and independent groups. For this consultation ministry, we've developed an in-depth 
anonymous survey taken by everyone in attendance at worship. It's called the Church Doctor Congregational Survey, and it covers numerous areas of Christian life. And one of those areas is involvement in Scripture learning. Now, here are a couple of statistics from churches we've consulted in the United States. Among other questions, we asked these two questions that relate to personal involvement in learning from God's Word. The first one is this question. How often do you read the Bible or get involved in the Scripture other than at church meetings or in small group times? The number of people who say daily, the percentage is 17%. There's another 8% that say five to six times per week. There are another 11% on average who look at Scripture, read a little bit of the Bible, three to four times per week. But a quarter of the people, 26%, say that it would be more accurate to say that they read the Scripture one to two times per week. But 39%, almost four out of ten, say that they read the Bible maybe occasionally or not at all. Now, what is our database for that material? How many people have we asked in this survey? 30,739. And we ask a second question. It's a little more simple. Do you participate in a regular scheduled Bible study at church, online, or elsewhere, not just all the time, but do you ever do that? 41% said that they have at one time or another, but the majority, 59%, almost 6 out of 10, say no, have not participated in a regularly scheduled Bible study at church, online, or elsewhere. How many surveyed for that one? 31,217 Christians. Let's talk about scriptural depth. After interviewing thousands of church members, it's become clear that many attend church most of the time. Those are the people that we interview because they're the ones that know their church. Just about all of them would say that the preaching is helpful. That's good. Yet a large percentage of these active Christians would say that their knowledge of the Bible is limited. Though it may sound harsh, many Christians are severely weak by their own definition in the area of knowing God's will based on Scripture. When we dig deeper through these confidential interviews, most Christ followers are really committed to their faith. They really are. However, ironically, many reflect that their knowledge of God's only book is very limited. Some church attenders are part of an ongoing Bible class or study group. However, for many, for most, their engagement is sporadic and only during a portion of the calendar year. Now, most of us have heard 
a politician or famous Hollywood actor talk about being affiliated with a branch of Christianity or even say they belong to a church. However, when they speak to some of the challenging issues of modern life, they often reflect popular opinions which are in direct contrast to biblical truth. These issues are not always the more difficult or challenging teachings of Scripture. Often they're basic truths that most Christian groups would identify as non-negotiable. Many church members reflect that they are what you might call Scripture light, kind of like Miller light, but Scripture light. <laughs> Based on our further investigation, many of those who are faithful in worship are absent from any activity in the church. They don't serve anywhere in the church. What do pastors say? Well, we thank God that they're in worship, but sadly, they are not involved in the work, the ministry of the church. And so the church in its effectiveness wanes. A related issue is that many lifelong church members have never discovered their unique spiritual gifts, which the Holy Spirit has given to them. This is also a reflection of biblical illiteracy and a key issue for your personal understanding of yourself as God sees you. You see, you can't know your role in Christian service without being aware of your spiritual gift mix. In our church doctor's written report that we give to churches, there is the recommendation in many of these reports that members use our spiritual gift survey and the follow-up book to discover, develop, and put to use their spiritual gifts. It's a life changer for most people. Discovering your gifts is God's appointed way to discover your niche of service. So, can you see how limited scripture knowledge cripples the local church, the Christian movement, and the spiritual direction of a nation? Limited awareness of God's only manual is a serious contributor to the ethical and moral future of society. Yet we have to consider, is there an issue behind the issue? And you know what? We think there is. What do you think it is? In most churches, and among a majority of Christians, feeding on the Word of God, kind of like it says in the Bible, is limited to the preaching message. While we thank God for sermons and all the work ministers put into them, they are and should be only a small part of the believer's weekly intake. Every church leader knows that followers of Jesus need more spiritual nourishment than even the best preacher can provide. Consequently, congregational efforts provide Bible classes. Some churches call them adult Sunday school. Other congregations have home groups. Many have all of the above. These study groups are sometimes led by church staff. Others are led by mature believers who have had a holy habit of reading and studying Scripture for years. They usually have the spiritual gift of knowledge and the gift of teaching. 
Bible study groups represent a significant blessing to yet a minority of believers in most churches, and most pastors know this. Research shows a disproportionate number of regular Bible study attenders who have the gift of knowledge. However, that is a small fraction of all church members. What about the rest of the congregation who seem ready for the milk of the word yet are limited in their focus on the meat of God's word? They represent the majority of most church members. So there's an industry out there where people develop and print what they call devotionals. They are very common, and you can find a lot of them advertised on Amazon. For those who want more of God's wisdom, the publishing market has developed these devotional books. They come in all sorts of formats. Those who write these books are often academic types. It's what they like to do. It's what they're gifted to do. They're likely gifted teachers, but may not be effective communicators like those who are preachers. They're very good at writing Bible study materials. They're enthusiastic about helping Christians grow deeper in their faith. They may reach an additional 10% of those who hear sermons, but are not involved in regular Bible class. And that's a good thing. At least that's 10% more. But these Bible teachers are more academic, and they fill an important role for some more mature Christians. And thank God for them. However, their spiritual food is high on what we call the meat of the word and low when it comes to the milk of the word. Interestingly, milk is where many Christians live spiritually from Monday through Saturday. So when believers who feel God's nudge to go a little deeper pick up one of these devotionals, it seems like too much, too fast, too deep. This is one reason why many believers buy a devotional resource, work at it for a few weeks, and then drift away from it and put it on the shelf. Maybe that's happened to you. Those devotional writers with the gift of knowledge miss that large portion of Christians who are open to spiritual growth for another reason. They provide too much content on a daily basis. It's too much, too fast for many people. Ever hear someone say they tried a devotional book for a while, then put it down and forgot about it? And then they often reflect, and this is my point, yeah, I got busy with life and I know it's not a good excuse, but I just had trouble finding the time. So... I simply quit. Those educators who write devotionals have an enthusiasm and passion for learning. Many Christians, on the other hand, have not yet grown to that level. It's like feeding a baby steak or trying to have a 10-minute conversation 
with a two-and-a-half-year-old child. That's not a shot, not a criticism, but it's a reality. And the best person to learn from is Jesus. Think about Jesus and the disciples. First of all, he was Jesus. And they were practically full-time disciples. And they chose to follow him. Even then, in the beginning, Jesus gave them short sound bites. They weren't ready for a long devotion. They were experiencing it, but bit by bit. Yet there's an even greater issue in the way Jesus processed kingdom truth to those disciples. And it has to do with the issues of deductive learning and inductive learning. Deductive teaching or inductive teaching. And this is huge. You see, there are two approaches to communication, deductive and inductive. Deductive communication is the act or process of reasoning from a knowing general principle and then moving toward a specific application, conclusion, or behavior. This is the way I was taught to preach. You start with a scripture passage or a few passages from the Bible, and then you unpack the teaching, and then you apply it to life. That's deductive. If you study Jesus' interaction with his followers, he didn't start with a statement of biblical truth. He didn't usually start with theory. He began with a life challenge. He started where people are. He said things like, Hey, look at the lilies of the field. Or, hey, let the little children come to me. He also said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, heavy burdened, and I'll give you rest. Jesus began where people are, not where he wanted them to be. Most of the devotional writers begin with a scripture verse and then unpack it. This is the deductive approach. It's not wrong. It's just a hurdle for the masses of Christians who look for spiritual guidance because they are drawn to it by the challenges of life. Think of deduction as a general principle applied to a specific conclusion. Most devotional material begins with a Bible verse and then provides application to real life, which is deduced toward a conclusion. However, when you look at Jesus' approach, he generally began where people are challenged, and then he applied it to a kingdom response. He used the power of inductive communication. So let's look at Jesus' inductive approach. Perhaps one of the most important teachings Jesus gave to his disciples was to determine if they really comprehended who he was. He could have focused entirely on the prophecies of the Old Testament. That would be the deductive approach. However, when the future of the movement was on the line, Jesus engaged the disciples inductively. Jesus started with them, not with Scripture. He asked 
who do people say that I am? Then he said, well, what about you? Who do you say I am? You see, the word inductive is an act of leading on or proceeding. You begin where people are rather than starting where you want them to be. In the science of physiology, the inductive approach is defined as producing a change or a response in an organism. Isn't that what Christianity is all about? Producing a change? You see, Jesus came to earth to change the world, one person at a time. In seminary, I learned to preach deductively. Start with a passage from Scripture, scripture academically unpack it, then apply it to those in the congregation. After years of preaching, I was invited to produce and provide a radio program on Christian radio. I worked with a professional agency that served well-known Christian leaders to develop daily programs. In less than a year, the Church Doctor radio program aired Monday through Friday on 250 Christian radio stations in the U.S., Canada, Great Britain, and on shortwave radio from a station in the mountains of Quito, Ecuador. That transmission covered the globe. For the Church Doctor radio program, my director was a wonderful Christian woman who treated me like she was a drill sergeant in the military. And as hard as it was, she taught me to write my scripts inductively. Don't start with a Bible passage, she said. Begin with the hurts, the challenges, and the difficulties your audience faces every day. She turned my communication inside out. And somewhere along the line, I realized that is just like Jesus. The approach was so effective, we developed a devotional book using that approach. It's called An Apple a Day. Each presentation can be read in about five minutes. They all start with a challenge anyone can face. There's a common theme for each day for seven days each week. Each daily presentation includes a prescription from the church doctors. At the very end, there's a short vignette, and then there's a Bible passage. In that context, the scripture pops with meaning in an amazing way. No wonder people love it. Check it out. An apple a day from the church doctors. You have been listening to Kent Tundra's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. If you like this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to hear future episodes. Check out Kent Hunter's new book, An Apple a Day, a daily dose for everyday faith, available from churchdoctor.org and amazon.com. Take the Apple a Day Challenge. To learn more, go to www.appledaychallenge.com.